Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Adil Kurji, and I'm joined this week by Niall McGowan. Hey, hey I'm back. We're back, baby. <laughs> back trying to shield <laughs> uh, ourselves from on. all this shrapnel flying around the garage currently. So, Yeah. Oh, man. Clearly a movie that should have been made in 3D, right? <laughs> That's, that that was the reason you had to go out to see it in cinemas. It's like, oh, you'll never get the full 3D effect. Come on. Yeah. How, how, I mean, speaking of last minute, like you wouldn't have been able to see the depth of that kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You see the uh, the magnificent poking of uh, Daniel Craig's nipples in this very <laughs> this very minute as well. Oh God, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So, just to be clear, we're on minute uh uh eleven to eleven fifty nine. Um, and we start, uh, where we left off, uh, and, uh, a box is being attacked, uh, in a dimly lit room by Janelle Monet's character, um, and, uh, almost immediately she sees a thing, it's the invitation, she spends a minute, uh, reading it, um, and has a thought, and then we cut away to a thing that I still just am thrown out off by, which we'll get to, but it is a tablet playing Among Us in a bath. Now we finally see uh, Benoit Blanc, obviously played by Daniel Craig, seeming confused uh, and wearing, I think it's a fez with a tassel. Um. And he he is talking to people on, on a MacBook with I think it's Zoom, just based on the yellow framing around the speaker. Uh, four people, three older people, one younger woman, and Among Us is on a tablet with a with a little case stand, and they are explain to him how the game works, and he's disappointed because he has lost. He is the imposter. <laughs> uh, and we end with. Um, a nice shot of him with a rubber ducky behind the laptop on the little like lap the like tray you can get on. I don't know what you call those things, the wood thing people drape on a put across a bath so they can put things like a laptop or yeah. books. I just um, call it a table, but I'm sure, I'm sure it has much more uh, a much more specific hmm. term. Uh, yeah, and I think the key thing is like so we kind of end this scene with the cutaway again to the the, the rubber ducky, but it's um, the comment. The world's greatest detective. I thought she'd be better at it. <laughs> and that's that's the um or better at this, I think. So that's the minute. Obviously we've already started talking about it. What do you think any first impressions? Oh, I, I remember this like been a favorite moment of mine. Uh this is probably my favorite minute of the whole well at least this is minute three, probably my favorite minutes of the whole movie, <laughs> quite frankly. It was just such a joy to see them, uh, when they popped up. Um I thought and it's it's almost as a Ryan Johnson working uh, against what most people would commonly commonly would go like. Let's try to not date our movie. Much like you know, in the last episode we're like, don't date the podcast by talking about like what movies are coming out next month, things like that. Uh, and he is so specifically put this in a very very exact time frame. Um, they don't right, even really yeah. need to. Like, I'm sure if you're maybe thematically you could look at Glass Onion and be like, well, is it commenting on the pandemic and whatnot in, in, in some way, shape, or form? That's why he specifically wants to get that in there. But not so much the face masks and stuff that we will ourselves be dealing with uh, in a little bit. Um, uh, the, the placing of Among Us in it is like, oh, that was a moment, huh? <laughs> like, 
Remember Among Us? Yeah. Remember when that was the thing that everybody was doing? Uh, you could almost tie this down to the friggin' month <laughs> that Benoit Blanc is investigating the case just by the presence of uh, Among Us being there. Um, but what about you, Adil? Like, were you a big Among Us guy? Did you get into this when, when um, it was in the full swing? A little bit. Um, I played it a few times. I didn't... I mean, uh, my group of friends did a lot of Jackbox yeah. games during the Pando. Um, and the variety of those games was better than, like, fixating on something like Among Us, even though I love, love, love hidden role mm. games. So, like, I... I bring, um, uh, thank you. I bring the game Coup around with me a lot to places, oh. uh, which is uh, a lovely little board game. It's like a bluffing hidden role game. Uh, and yeah, and so I just like this kind of game. Uh, you know, I, I love playing Mafia or Werewolf, which is very similar to Among Us in that you're trying to find the bad ones. Uh, although, to be fair, I really like being the narrator in Werewolf and like, describing the gruesome deaths and picking up on some of the tensions and relations like just instead of it being a mechanical like it's nighttime open your eyes close your eyes everyone this person's dead it's like okay let's 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 play into the narrative and like maybe maybe entice people to attack each other more just in the way i'm describing things <laughs> but that's a different thing um i warned you about tangents uh yeah, you're you're more in the um the uh it's this minute or the next minute where we get the uh oh no it's next minute I was gonna say I'll, I'll say yep. that I was going you're talking about uh, the Jackbox games but there's a very specific Jackbox game that uh, was mentioned in the yep. opening seconds of the next minute yeah no this this is again the um uh just the ends with um you should be better at this uh and the just kind of irate expression on his face and the cutaway then that's the end of the <laughs> segment um. I think, obviously, let's just get this out. This is the first time we see Ben Wobble, yeah, right? Yeah, this is now the, and the triumphant return and it's a, of uh, one Ben Wobble. And he's he's playing Among Us in the bathtub with some randos. Uh, and, like, there's, there's, like, a bottle behind him. He's got a rubber ducky. And it's not just playing Among Us. He's on Zoom chat with them, too, so they can talk around outside of the game. Uh, and he's wearing a fez for some reason. And in fact, the first shot is him looking confused with the tassel of the fez. And you're like, <laughs> what? How? This is our hero, folks. This is our hero. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, yeah it, I, I love it, though, just in that it's kind of like you can tell again immediately. So, so well established, the characters and stuff um, within this film that like this ain't right. Like everyone, you remember Benoit Blanc from the last movie. Um like he he wasn't the type to be easily like you can t you can t this isn't him you can you can tell he's out of sorts just by the look of what's happening here like it's just he's not he's not the kind of man who usually would sit around in a bathtub with a fez with a bottle and piles of you know of papers and stuff around him there's something not quite right here um yeah exactly it's it's i think it's it's exactly what you want for this movie's introduction to yeah. him it's just jarring because, of course, last time we saw him, he was triumphant, had solved the case, yeah. right? And he's in that, in Knives Out, you know, he was confused and, like, missed some things and we had lovely reveals, but he was never, like, down and out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is like, oh. <laughs> but again, you know. That's where we're at. This was hey? one of those things. That, like, this was everybody for a while. This is one of those things now. It's only, only now that I feel comfortable talking about, like, Remember how depressing all that was? That was a really bad time. Um, yes. So this, I don't think, 
breaks the rules, but I think the movie does a good job of placing it in that time, giving us reminders of what that time felt like without, um, like, triggering anyone or, like, wallowing yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a nice little time capsule, and it'll be good for, you know, down the line, there will be, inevitably, many, many films set during the pandemic or during lockdowns, just with kind of like 20 years from now, we're like, this set during 2020, so we have to do all this kind of thing. Uh, and people could look to um, little details, like if you want to convey to people that it happened in 2020, uh, you'll have them play in Among Us or Jackbox, uh, and you'll just have loaves of banana bread strewing around people's houses and stuff. You'll uh, you'll stick it. You right, know, yeah. You know, forbidden people, just little chat rooms with Tiger King written on it and things like that in the background just to be like, that's what everyone's talking about right now. Uh, I actually forgot about Tiger King. Say, well, you know, most people hope to forget Tiger King, but I can guarantee you probably what else has Benoit Blanc been doing in that bath? Probably watching Tiger King. Probably trying to solve the mystery of mm. Tiger King. Be like, wow, who who yeah. killed who here? This now this now this is a mystery. Um, and then by the end, we're like, well, no, it's very clearly what happened with here. Like, oh, I can't believe this, <laughs> and just slumping down in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, I also like that that is the. First time in the movie, he's referred to as like he, like they the like he's he's the world's greatest detective. That's the premise of this universe, mm-hmm. right? The the and in the movie we he, we're like told he's the world's greatest detective, right? But the way the movie tells us is someone mocking him for being shitted among <laughs> us. Like, aren't you the world's greatest detective? How are you this bad? And it's such a great way of telling the audience. And if you see knives out, reminding the audience and. We haven't, right? Just that of like, this guy's supposed to be the big deal, but he's here now. Yeah. yeah. Also conveys the world very quickly that the, that this universe uh, doesn't have Batman in it because <laughs> we throw another title, World's Greatest Detective, and ben, uh, Benoit Blanc. There's another B man who's the World's Greatest um, Detective around here. I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I believe that is incorrect. Ah. Based on things I can't talk about because they're not this minute, okay. maybe later. <laughs> yeah. and it's not a huge. I'm not a, evading a spoiler. I'm just saying the word might, that you were saying doesn't exist might have been said <laughs> in a like, conversation. <laughs> uh, Darren, I don't know what you're going to do with this if you're allowing it, but also if you are, leave this in too, please. <laughs> uh, okay, um, let's get a little on track. So well, I, I, um, I think I'll also side with Ben mm-hmm. Blanc in that uh, Among Us is a bit lame as well um, like, it's a game i was like everyone played it but it was just because it was like oh hey here's the thing and there's a reason nobody plays it now it's because it wasn't very good <laughs> it's it was too quick it was too easy it was just too sort of like meh whatever you know it's i, I don't know i didn't it, it got people through the time it needed to but uh like i, I don't see much more of a future for uh Unless, unless Among Us have got big plans. I might be saying this insulting the Among Us community. There might be still massive diehard fans out there who are just keeping the brand alive until an inevitable revamp down the line. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of... His sort of disdain for the game, I'm kind of like, I'm with you, Benoit. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't 100% gotcha. with it myself, but... Yeah, I mean, different strokes, ain't yeah. it? To be fair, though, the whole, the whole scenario, uh, like, I wasn't very good uh, in general... Like, I've, as we are recording over Zoom now, I'm great with that when it's, like, a focused, you know, where it has a setup for a conversation. And it's like, we're here to talk about this. And then we can go on tangents and all that kind of thing. But it's like, as long as there's a real bringing us in. But I was terrible with Zoom when it was just like, we're just sitting here. And we're just talking. 
and it's the 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 conversation lasts as long. You know that that really really bothered me. So uh, Ben wants despondency towards this whole scenario. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you know, if I, if I, if I was on that Zoom, like, I wouldn't be looking for the, you know, the, the great case, but I'd be very much looking for, like, is there, like, a minute of a movie we can talk about? Or is there something I can research to, to, to get my teeth into? Or what are we doing here, man? Let's try that again. So, yeah, I think also it's worth us, like, not... I don't want to skip over the um, earlier part of the minute, which is the much less jovial but it's the poignant like because this is like this is the this minute has the first real intense emotional scene that's like cathartic uh in the smashing but but also the 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 scene with um janelle monet's character um as yet unnamed uh clearly having the finishing of that emotion and uh it's 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 actually quite another fun minute because we have it happens to be cut across both of these this like hilarious among us juxtaposition Mm. with um this intense um thing that we don't know what's going on why 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 this person who's in in a very different circumstance has one of the boxes and is so angry at the box doesn't even contemplate anything but what's in the box and then um, so we get the last of the swipes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the sides of the box breaks. I think that's the thing I realized um, last minute. I almost said, but I respect the rules almost too much um, because that's how you know it couldn't be the actual box because the left panel is like just hanging off in a way that like the way it unfurls and stuff doesn't make sense. <laughs> Obviously, this is not me being like a internet, oh, that's a flaw. I, it was just like a thing that I noticed when studying the minute that obviously does not impact the movie and shouldn't have been the same box or alluded yeah, to. Yeah. Anyway. Right, so so she finds she sort of digs the envelope off the side of a of the side. Uh, and I love this like the close shot, she's clearly like, what is this? And she's so like needs to keep contact eye contact with it that she like when she removes the safety glasses around her head, her gaze does not stop staring mm. at it. Like, this note is important to yeah, her. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, it's also staring right uh, at her, too, because it's a big freaking eyeball. <laughs> yeah. And then she, like, the deep breathing happens again, uh, and she's slightly shaking her head, and we get the inverse of the shot I talked talk about on Monday's episode, mm-hmm. right? Where her breathing is this, I think it's the same sort of cadence and, like, shoulder movement, but now we're tightening in on on her and we're to like remove the attention to her bodily reaction and it's sort of like you're she's got this very intense look that is like i have a plan coming out of this like i have thoughts right um and that's the end of that scene right it's this like again it's like it's like i love the book ending with the shots of her Barely not just her face, but in very different circumstances from the start of that scene last minute to the end of that scene yeah, last minute. Yeah. Um and uh and all but also this is where I think the score finally and um is doing something that doesn't feel just almost diegetic. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like most of the music and stuff, or even I I didn't I didn't pay as a close attention to the first the minute the first ten minutes leading up to this, but like it didn't jump out at me in, in my second rewatch and like my prep, right? Um, of any of those minutes that any sort of music wasn't sort of just mostly background tone setting support versus this is very much like 
support of the emotion. Yeah. yeah. The, the like strings and the r really light notes and elongated stretches. And if I but and and that like the last bit of the strings stretching across into I think it's a sound effect or something like of the like Among Us right away. It's like a weird transition. Yeah, so it's Wait. just like uh I don't know, I I re I think it's also like Janelle Monet like acts that really well. Again, I think the body work and the cinematography uh are really cool there, but just the like that the, the way she moves on the wide shots where you can't really see her face because she's swinging around and she's got the goggles right um and then when we got the close-up shot there's like the i guess what i think what i like is that it's there's like all catharsis and emotion and some anger and you know all these like this this cluster of of things happening during the swinging and box breaking yeah, yeah. um but before that there's like a contemplative so, like I'm sad, and then at the end it's like I'm. Oh, I have a plan. Yeah, and like the intensity of the emotion, I think she portrays like the intensity is all, like almost the same across, despite the very different energy levels and like again the move from sadness to frenetic, yeah. not quite frenetic to like very purposeful stare. Mm. I've made a decision. The intensity is the same across all that, even though there's very different like modes. Yeah, and I thought that was really, really well acted. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a great job by her. Um, it's a difficult minute, uh, I think, to talk about just in terms of motivation and things like that, because we know now what's actually happening in this scene, but and that would go into another minute is the thing to actually talk about what what's going through her character's yeah. head. It's kind of like, well, that's out, that's out of our remit, but. It's um, and then you even want to in filming, like knowing where this was placed in the script, what was Janelle Monet when was her mind says like no I'm one hundred percent in this character, and I'm going to film my right. in that character mode or was there a slight bit of like well we want to have the mislead as well so I should be kind of like emoting as if I'm the oh, other you're, character. You're, you're touting a line yeah, yeah so it's uh, towing a yeah. line but um. Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, no, she, she, yeah, she, she does a I, terrific job. You know, she's a great actress in general. So yeah, uh, it's, I think what makes the shot like it's also just well written enough that like this is what like you, we might like there might be some epistemic differences once you've seen the movie from viewing this, but like it works great as what it is, which is uh, this person has been through something, mm. and that Miles guy is definitely part yeah. of it, <laughs> and and and. And something about that, like the box and finding out there's a party, has shifted her gears from kind of despondent and intense despondent or intense sadness with an undercurrent of despondency to that sadness is there, but the overcurrent is I'm doing like there's something I want to do. There's like I have a path. I'm I, action is now on the page where it wasn't yeah, before. Yeah, totally, totally. Um. And yeah, as, as you mentioned there, you get the um, music going into the very distinct uh, Among Us contrast of the, the that that like intensely memorable the the, the string yeah. talking. Business. And then the and then the emergency meeting, mm. right? Hold on. Um, what just happened? But what I think is funny 
And I thought they, I, I'm sure the script is longer. I'm sure this scene was, because knowing Among Us, right? The meeting was called, and then we cut to, hold on. So that's it? Yeah. Like, what just happened? <laughs> and, like, if, if you see, he's saying this, and they cut away to, oh, well, and the explanation of what's happening, we still are in, like, a, who's the imposter voting yeah. screen. Right? So, like, he's so bad at this. <laughs> That he's not even trying to art like the, this is where like the bulk of the game is yeah. right like for a lot of people is the arguing no no that evidence isn't good enough I think you're mistaken yeah. Obvi- this guy's just saying that because they're trying to throw shade and he's just like Blanc I saw you go in the engine room you're the imposter we all know it case closed we're done I don't understand this at all so Angie caught me oh I guess if you're voting on me I've lost. Mm. And, and he literally is like, hold on, so that's it? And it's like, well, now it is, you idiot. <laughs> like, you are actually, like, I really like that he's actually this bad at the game that he doesn't even understand when he yeah, lost. Yeah. And because he said, oh, I guess I've lost, and that's when he lost, right? I just think it's a really nice touch yeah. of this ain't his, this is not the type of... And now the game's just over? Sorry, Blanc, you're thrown out of the airlock. It's a no-brainer. I've got to say, the world's greatest detective... I thought she'd be better at this. Thinking it's he an can intense do. contrast, though, because the last time we saw Benoit Blanc, uh, actually, one of the last times I was on this this very show in Knives Out Minute, was during a big interrogation sequence where they tricked hmm. Chris Evans into confessing. Like, he was, they're coming in and right. saying everything, going, like, well, it's clearly this is what happened. And him, Chris Evans, then eventually outing himself as, you know, the killer and stuff. And it's basically like an Among Us scenario that Benoit Blanc excelled in when he was in real life. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, but when it's they compressed down into like little uh, computer game thing, ironically, he's terrible at it because he's not getting out there. He's not going to go out and swagger around. And, uh, and you know, invigorated by a real mystery, it's just sort of like, well, what are we doing here? Like, it's, it's sort of... Um, it's taken out all the majesty and all the sort of um, uh, what would they call it the the uh, je ne sais quoi of the whole uh, scenario for him. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful um, beautiful little contrast. Uh, potentially the only person person who would be worse at playing among us uh, would be uh, Marta from uh, Knives Out because anytime she was the imposter. Presumably, she would just throw up the, uh, while she was on screen. Just, she would, yeah, yeah. She, man. Although, oh yeah, no. I guess the game doesn't design well for you to want to bluff when you're not the imposter. Mm. Like fake vomiting only works if you're trying to pretend to be the imposter, which would a standard way among us roles hold over, right? <laughs> I'm just imagining her now having a whole setup though of like where she just ducks out a camera and like pours something into like a basin or something to make people think that she's throwing up in order yeah. to throw everyone off. Well, I mean, off. this is throw up everyone off. Yeah. Uh, throw everyone off up? Nope, that doesn't work. It sounds like it should, but it doesn't. <laughs> um, uh, I think also though she would excel at like just Among mm. Us versus this thing that most people did, which is like this have the MacBook Pro uh, with Zoom yeah. as well. Yeah. Because then you would either have to, like, kill the camera, duck off screen, or vomit yeah. in front of people. But if you were just playing the game, by the way, no one's going <laughs> to I think, though, if I'm judging by the first night of that movie, you know, Marta throwing up, we've all seen it. Like, it, it happens all the time. Yeah. It's just kind of like, it's a casual thing now. Like, ah, she, she, she's going to do it. It's, yeah, just It'll background. Just happen. Yeah. 
do we want to get into talking about uh, the names of the characters, though? Because this, this really did tickle me when I saw this as well, knowing who the people are on the Zoom. Because um, you have three, char- three, three names are displayed right now. Uh, there's a little hint of who's coming up, really. Because um, you have, of course... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, go on. I was gonna, I was just wanted to talk about those two. Yeah, so. yeah. You've got uh, Blancman, 22. Blancman, Blanc, Blancman, uh, 22. Um, don't know why he went for 20. Presumably, this is Blanc Blanc. Uh, and he's white as well. Oh, I think it... I think it's supposed to be um, that thing people sometimes do where it's like, oh, it's the year 2022. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I wasn't too sure if it was like, he was born in 1922. His Benoit Blanc is 100 years old. That's the greatest mystery. Uh, but no, hmm. no, no. Um, but yeah, Blanc Mont 22. Uh, Big Red, who we can assume, uh, is um, the, the flame-haired woman uh, with the big curls who appears hmm. uh, in a moment. Uh, and then my favorite is, of course, M. She Solved, uh, which is presumably uh, Angela Lansbury. Oh, my. <laughs> and it's a little reference to Murder, yeah. She Wrote. Yeah, which, God, that's such a fun... When I, when I, like, had to look... I was like, that can't be. Really? Mm. When I first saw it, and I had to look yeah, it up. Yeah, um, I Like, so I don't... Th- this was this was the moment I paused the movie, which, if it's a good movie, I don't like pausing... Like watching the whole through, but I was like, "That's Angela." Like I know. So my family grew up watching like Murder She Wrote on like Sunday nights or whenever mm. it was on in in Canadian television in the nineties, because uh, everyone liked it. It was like it was it was easily agreeable. We'd have fun, you know, the the usual who do we think it is type conversation. Oh, yeah. Just real good old wholesome. Wow, is this town in Cape Cod? so full of death <laughs> of not all old people but it's mostly old people where how do they keep the population yeah, afloat yeah um, even even worse um, than, of course in england you have midsummer murders it's an even smaller town <laughs> and it's just all set in the one place it's like yeah isn't the, the the whole village dead by now like no somehow people are still moving over there but um but yeah yeah so uh, so um do you know who the other people yeah. are um, I, okay. I think uh, when I first saw it, um, I instantly clocked uh, Angela and, uh, of course, Natasha Leon. Um, I yep. think then I kind of recognized Kareem. Didn't know who Top Left was until, like, after the movie was out. And they're like, Stephen Sondheim's in it. <laughs> I was like, oh, where? <laughs> and they're like, he was one of the guys. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, and then of course I had to look into why why Steve why is Stephen Sondheim there like what the and I got a whole bunch of we got info on that uh, to come up in a bit, um, but it's um, uh, yeah so it's Natasha Leon Stephen Sondheim Angela Lansbury and Kareem Abdul Jabbar yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so if you don't know um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar is a basketball player f- former. I mean, I guess he probably might still play, but a former professional basketball player. Uh, uh, Stephen Honda- Sondheim is a legendary composer. Uh, and Natasha Leon is uh, an actress of note in a variety of things. I guess what's what's her most fe- recent big well, thing? Well, the big thing she did recently, uh, and I'll, 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 I've had a pin in this for years now. Everyone, um, whenever Knives Out Men was coming out, um, in an eerie bit of like, oh, 
it we willed a thing into existence. And that last season, I was with uh, the host was Allison Segan. And somehow, uh, this is back in like, what, 2020 maybe? Or thereabouts, whenever the show came out. Mm. We just got on to talking about Natasha Leone on, on, a, on a side tangent. And we're talking about like how like Columbo she was, et cetera, et cetera. And we said like, oh, mm. you know, Ryan Johnson's so good at writing these things. He should just like, he should like reboot Columbo and have it just be Natasha Leone swaggering around being Columbo, going around solving mysteries every week. That would be a great show. And then lo and behold, Ryan Johnson has recently produced and directed a lot of a show uh, starring Natasha Leone, essentially as Columbo. Uh, and, you know, it was called Poker Face and it came out, you know, earlier in the year. And it was great. It was everything I hoped it would be. Was it? Yeah, I haven't actually oh, seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's really, really, really good. And it's 100% in the vein of those old, like, Columbo specifically, because even, like, there's no title sequence. It just comes up with, like, yellow writing, poker face, and it's done in a very 1970s right. fashion. So it's designed to look exactly like Columbo. But it has a kind of, you know, an element right. of, like, you know, Father Dowling mysteries or Murder, She Wrote, that, all that, those old detective, you know, shows from, from way back when. Um, what I really, mm. really love too is seeing like um, there there is an overarching story to it, but most episodes are just like she's in a new town, like this one's in Texas, and she's hanging out on a ca- oh so she's a roaming roaming oh, yeah, she's a roaming detective she's not even officially a detective she's just like a, a like she's a former she worked in a casino she gets in the bother she for various reasons she has to go on the run but she's got this uh, incredible right. ability to be able to suss out when people are lying so it always gets her embroiled in mysteries. Uh, and yeah, uh, then I'll be like, she's in Texas hanging out on a cattle ranch. Next week, she's back in Vegas. You know, right. then 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 she's in Alaska at a cabin somewhere. All this kind of stuff, and it's really really good. All you know, one of these great all star castings where just so every week it's like, oh, yeah. there's freaking Ron Perlman, there's Joseph Gordon Levitt, yeah. all this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, we, we, me and Allison I mean, when it was announced, we were just like, we, did we, did we will this show into existence? How did this happen? It was incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, so I, uh, I mean, the the roving thing solves the thing, the problem of um, Midsummer Murders and Murder She Wrote, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'll like, she just bumps into places where murder happens and travels yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> um, but I, it's very I, like I was a big fan of Quantum Leap. Um, and, uh, actually, I don't know if this, if you're aware of a movie, a show called The Littlest Hobo. I've heard the title. I've never seen it. I just I know the, the name, The Littlest Hobo, but that's about it. It, it makes sense because it's a Canadian show that was filmed, like, 1979 to 85. Mm. And it's, uh, essentially like a... Like Quantum Leap, but it's a uh, German Shepherd. <laughs> I was not expecting that to come so, at once. Oh yeah, so the littlest hobo because he wanders to ta- he walks through across Canada, though they don't say Canada, so it could be um, America uh, syndication, right? Um, so yeah, so it's like six years of a show that's basically a dog comes into a town, comes upon, uh, encounters people who are down in the luck or in trouble. Often it's someone accused of a yeah. crime. And then he befriends the struggling person the and dog, like, is it, finds the real bad guy. It, uh, and then when he's done, uh, they try to make almost universally, it'll be like, you could have a home here now. You, you helped us a lot. And then he like, just goes along his way and just walks out of town. <laughs> and all of these people just let this dog leave, right? It's such... A weird does the, does the dog premise? Does it, does it talk? 
does it is it like is it like no. wishbone where you can no. hear its thoughts or is it just like no the dog just shows nope. up and nope. then they, they like wave a can of dog food in its face and it go, so it goes off camera and that's all you that's all the motivation you need yep that is entirely wow. the show it's great um <laughs> i think this, this, because of the title it's, made it's, me think so it was I, about, like, I, always... wandering, like, I, I thought it was about a hobo i didn't realize it was gonna i mean yeah it's a it's a it's like really kind of it's twee before twee when you call a dog want, a, a stray dog essentially the littlest yeah, hobo, right yeah. uh also just listeners um uh even if you don't want to find or can't find uh an episode do yourself a favor and it'll, it'll be on youtube just listen to the littlest hobo theme song <laughs> i believe it's called maybe tomorrow it's definitely should be called that because that's the main so there is anyway. an episode of poker face too where natasha leon comes across a wandering she has to look after a dog for the majority of an episode i was like now i'm wondering like, i wonder if it's the same dog from the little oh god that they're gonna be like it's actually like this the same breed or whatever that would have been a lovely that would have been a great great little easter egg uh, that i would never have clocked I would yeah never, that would, would be great have. the one thing about this scene that actually frustrates me though <laughs> and i guess mm-hmm. because the reason they have to do it this way is that um because of Knives Out, they did show like a little clip of Murder, She Wrote in the background at one point. Mm. It really kills me that it specifies that that is, it's not Charlie from Poker Face, it's Natasha Leone, and it's not Jessica Fletcher, it is Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Like, the dream is that it's the it's all the same universe, and Benoit Blanc is in the same universe as Poker Face, and is... They're both in the same universe yeah. as Murder, She Wrote. Like that's, that's what you want, but it's just like, you're so close. And I guess the reason they had to hold back was like, well, we, you know, but there's no reason why Natasha Leone has to be Natasha Leone. She could just be, you know, Charlie from Poker Face. It's yeah, annoying. you. But and all you have to do is say the name, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a. You don't have to actually like you. You could having her name be Charlie and not Natasha is enough to get across that potential without like saying this is definitely shared universe. It's like a like a more playful Easter egg than. The actress yeah, name, yeah. I think, but you know, maybe they didn't want to deal with potential lawyers because boy, do people like being lawyer- lawyering things that aren't lawyerable. We did a thing uh, we had to talk about briefly on Batman at the season. Uh, Dick Miller, you know, the great character actor Dick Miller, who's Mr. Frodo yeah. and Gremlins and stuff. He appears in several films as a character called Walter Paisley because his character name in Bucket of Blood, the movie that he was like the he was like the big star of, was Bucket of Blood. And then subsequently, directors, when they put him in bit parts, they'd always call the character Walter Paisley as a little nod. But that was never the same character. So you could have her just appear mm. as Charlie and be like, is it the same character? It is if you want it to be. But if you don't want it to be, it's just Natasha Leone is playing some lady called Charlie. But then it would be like, well, why is Charlie on? Why is some random lady called Charlie on the same Zoom as Stephen Sondheim and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> like, I mean, but like... I don't think it answers any questions having them all be themselves. No, no, no. Um, like, yeah, I think that's just, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a frustrating choice to me. Uh, but I do know that the, apparently, like, Angela and, and, and Sondheim were very last-minute things. Like, I think, that, yeah, apparently oh, yeah? there was very, like, they were already in the editing stage when this was, like, secured. Right. Um, and I think Ryan Johnson approached Stephen Sondheim first, uh, and then when he mentioned like, oh, that he'd love to get Angela Lansbury, he, Stephen Sondheim was like, oh, I'm friends with Angela. Just just say I'm doing it, then she'll definitely definitely do it. 
Uh, and apparently it was, a, a, you know, again, shooting in pandemic times. Like, they like right. had to go out to Angela Lansbury's house and, like, try to explain the rules of Among Us to her. And she was just like Benoit Blanc. I've oh. just been like, what? what? That's really uh, funny. And eventually she was, I think her, her exact words were like, just tell me the lines and I'll trust you. <laughs> like, just like, I'll, I'll believe yeah. that whatever you're telling me is true. Um, but there's, um, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it, 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 it was a, just a great cameo to see. It was just a, so many sort of like cameos all at once to be like, what, 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 what? <laughs> like it's, uh, and, and in such a, again, ridiculous scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing like they know each other because Son- Stephen Sondheim obviously made, he wrote Sweeney Todd, the, the original musical. And then Angela yes. Lansbury apparently was I on, think, I think she played Mrs. Lovett on Broadway. So I'm guessing that. Yeah, I think that's that, that they were working together on a production and that's how he could get her yeah, in yeah. Um, during the editing, as you said. I've also, um, I'm dumb. I was like, what's up with this Fez? Of course, the Fez is one of the options you can have on your character. And so I think the implication is, well, if my character's wearing a fez, I got a fez. <laughs> I'll wear one while I'm playing Among Us in the bath with Angela Lansbury, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Natasha Leon, and Stephen. Oh, Ooh, I did it again. And Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> um, that is so gloriously dumb and hilarious. <laughs> and I'm sad I didn't connect. The fez isn't like a random thing, it's part of the game he's playing, and he's chosen to dress up. And let's remind ourselves he's in a bath. <laughs> So the only thing he's wearing is a fez. <laughs> but to be fair, I think that's the only thing his blobby character is wearing yeah, as well. that's true. That's true. Uh, I do also love that his character is white because Benoit Blanc. <laughs> it's yeah. just one of those, okay. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> uh, um, um, do you have any last thoughts on the episode? Um, what do I have notes on exactly, like, like sort of subtextually, why Stephen Sondheim might hmm. be there? Like, why, of all the celebrities, why is Stephen Sondheim? Um, but, oh, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to your thoughts on that, because I don't yeah, know. Uh, I've actually got... Like, I haven't been able to think Oh, no, I've actually managed to... Because I just looked it up. Uh, and uh, the, the, mm. the New York Times uh, actually explains exactly why he's there. Because um, I'll, 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 oh, yeah? you know, there'll be a quote, but I'll read the quote, because it, it sums it up better than I can. Mm. Uh, it says, While Johnson's affection for Sondheim might not immediately be evident uh, from his resume... Uh, Johnson grew up a fan of musical theater and included a shout out to Sondheim in the original Knives Out uh, scene where Craig Lawson Thought uh, sings Losing My Mind from Sondheim musical Follies Sondheim was also a lover of wordplay, games, and crossword puzzles and he enjoyed orchestrating murder mystery parties with his friend Anthony Perkins uh, he and, and oh. Perkins wrote the screenplay for the 1973 whodunit The Last of Sheila which starred James, James Coburn, Dylan Cannon, Rebecca L. Welch and Ian McShane uh, and which Johnson proudly cited as a source of inspiration for Knives Out. Uh, and apparently he also, uh, his Stephen Sondheim's only non-musical Broadway production was a play called Getting Away with Murder, uh, which he wrote with George Firth uh, and which ran in 1996. Uh, in an interview with the New York Times that year, he recounted how Lawrence Olivier had told him he'd used, the Sondheim, um, he'd used Sondheim as his model for the game-loving mystery author he played in the 1972 movie Sleuth. Uh, in the same interview, hmm. Anthony Schaefer, the author of Sleuth, denied a long-standing rumor that he had originally titled it "Who's Afraid of Stephen's St- Who's Afraid of Stephen Sondheim." So apparently, Stephen Sondheim has a lot That's of connections funny. to like murder mystery stuff. That's why he's there. Uh, which 
That's yeah, wild. I never would have known any of that had I not looked it up. And upon immediately, like, watching the movie, I was like, Natasha Leone, I get because I know Poker Face is coming out soon. That's why she's there. Yeah. Uh, again, why isn't she playing her character? Angela Lansbury, obvious. Like, Murder, She Wrote. There you go. Stephen Sondheim, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, and also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I do have info on, um, but we'll get to in the next minute when he, when he, when he speaks. Uh, th- those required a bit of extra digging. Uh, which I'm sure Benoit Blanc himself would have uh, been proud of, having to dig a little deeper. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so they're, they're well thought out, these. Uh, it's not just like, I got my celebrity buddies to be in it. There's actual thought behind them. Yeah, um, I think that uh, is a good place for us to pause. Uh, well, we've been on pause at uh, 11.59 for a bit now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess thanks again for joining me, Niall. Um what are your plugs for those uh, interesting? Uh, well, I plugged uh, Last Minutes, uh, Bat Minutes, which is uh, my main show wherein we talk about uh, the Batman movies minute by minute, uh, and we have guests and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I also do have a side a side podcast now um, wherein me and my Batman co-host, uh, John, we talk about uh, my, the 1987 martial arts craptacular classic Miami Connection, uh, which is... Oh, yeah. whoa. Craptacular. Yeah. You mean master? Yeah, no. Oh, we love it. We we are there with nothing but love. For, I, for I assume. Miami connection. Yeah. God, it's so yeah. good. Oh, da, nope. Don't hijack the outro, Adil. <laughs> but yeah, that's super uh, cool. How could people find that thing you were that just was, said? Yeah, my, we have it's uh, called Miami Minutes. Uh, there's one minute a week. Uh, we're currently middle in the middle. We're like recording minute forty. It's been going for about a year. It's like, oh man, you do it a minute a week. It takes a while, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's our side part. That's a much more laid back where we're, there's not much research you can do on Miami Connection because it is what it is. You know, nobody in it went on to do anything else because the movie was such a disaster. But it's it's fantastic, um, and so we're basically just sitting riffing on the movie for uh, uh, you know long periods of time, and it's great. I have a great time with that. Uh, and so, yeah, we have uh, Miami Minutes. Can be found all on all good podcatchers. And our social medias is um, the, what is it? Miami Minutes Taekwondo Orphanage, uh, which is on Facebook. And we're also on Twitter, Instagram under Miami Minutes. So that's that's the other show. Um, I will say that um, how most people have seen Miami Connection is a neat story about um, the film on eBay. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's... It's just a wonderful piece of... I'm glad they yeah. found it. Cinematography, we'll call it. <laughs> um, great. Uh, you you can always reach us here at Glass Onion Min. All one word. And of course, rate, review, uh, subscribe to this podcast on your podcatcher of choice. It helps the numbers, as every podcast says, but it's true. We'd like you to do that. And... Uh, Go on your Facebook, uh, look at your list of friends, and find someone who you haven't talked to in at least two years that you think might like the show, and spam them with this. I'm curious if they will listen. <laughs> uh, that's all from me. So I'll say goodbye to you, listeners, uh, and say see you tomorrow, yep, see you tomorrow Niall. Tomorrow,